Hello, welcome. Hi, it's me. It's your host. I'm Vince. Welcome to the program. Hello, it's good to see you again. And I'm also here with my friend. It's me, Kyle. Special guest, Papa. Hey, Papa, how you been? Hello, I'm good. It's good to hear, bud. Anything new going on? Nope. Nothing? Nothing. Not a thing. Nope. I almost bought a PS5 the other day, pal. Oh, I heard you you telling me this. I I went to a GameStop and it was there. And I was like, you got PS5s? The guy's like, yeah. I'm like, how many? He goes, I can't tell you how many, but I can sell you one. I'm like, you got disk drives? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, let's make a phone call. And I walked outside and didn't walk back in. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, I hope you got... What's up? What stopped you? Money. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because I the deal they had was you had to buy one game with it, and it was going to be like six hundred bucks, and I couldn't buy something cheap. Like honestly, what I probably would have bought was Death Stranding. Because right. I've been last time I talked to somebody, they're like, "If you're going to play, play it. Wait for the five because the five makes it better." I'm like, "Okay," um, and I didn't get it. He was either that or the guy's like, you should get God of War Horizons. I'm like, I'm not playing Horizons. I played the first one and it's fine, but I have no memory of what happened in that game whatsoever. But yeah, that's about it. Kyle, you're here today for a very special reason. Yep. We both saw a movie. Uh, We both wanted to, I wanted to review the movie, but as per usual, I thought, hey, let's watch a movie. I watch it on my end, you watch on yours, and we go from there. And Kyle, what we're, what we're reviewing is the 1981 uh, post-apocalyptic classic, The Road Warrior. And Kyle, I have to be completely honest with you. Uh, well, let me apologize first and then be completely honest. Kyle, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was a sequel. Yeah. I had no clue. I, In my mind, so for full disclosure, this is the first Mad Max movie I've ever seen. I've never seen Fury Road. I've never seen Thunderdome. I've never seen Mad Max 1. I didn't realize that this was the second movie in the series. If I had known that, I wouldn't have told you to watch this one. I would have said, let's watch the first one first, and then we can watch this one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most of the titles, it is Mad Max 2. Like well, some have it watched... listed Mad Max 2 and some don't. You know what I mean? No, I just knew the Road Warrior was one of them. And I thought it was the first because I thought it was like a Rambo situation where the first one is called First Blood and then the second <laughs> one is called like Rambo 2. So I just right. thought the Road Warrior was first and then it was Mad Max. Right. So I have the Blu-ray here in front of me. I'm holding up I, the Blu-ray. I, 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 I don't think we, we, you missed out. You know, I mean, I, I feel like the, uh, it's a series that, like, you can just go into one of them and be like, I didn't need to see the other ones because they're not really connected in a way, except for Max, I think. But do they build upon who Max is? I don't think so. Okay, because, like, I just know who I am. I want to watch shit chronologically. Like, I mm-hmm. want to go back and rewatch Breaking Bad, but now that Better Call Saul has ended, I want to go back and rewatch Better Call Saul and then go watch Breaking Bad. Right. Because I still haven't seen El Camino. Anyway... This is the second one. This is, I feel like a schmuck because we're doing it out of order, but it's, it's, uh, the, the beginning of the movie on the Blu-ray, there's like a forward from a, from a critic and he's like, Mad Max didn't do well in the States. So then when they made Mad Max 2, they said, let's name it the Road Warrior in America. They named it the Road Warrior and it became this smash success. No clue. I had no idea. 
But this movie is written by Terry Hayes, George Miller, with Brian Hamnett. And it is directed by George Miller, who, funnily enough, Kyle, directs one of my favorite holiday features, Happy Feet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love Happy Feet. Like, I feel like Happy Feet's one of those movies that I'm, like, always surprised and that. not surprised how often. You've never seen it? No. I feel like you'd really like it because it's a jukebox musical. Like, I just uh, feel like for that, for the music, you'd like it. don't do anything like, for me, so. Except no, for uh, Surf's Kyle. Up. Really? You've seen Surf's Up but not Happy Feet? I played Feet? the game, too. Really? Yeah. Happy Feet, it's Elijah Wood is the main penguin. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's it's a movie about environmentalism. And George Miller. What was that weird 90s one, too? Remember that one? Which? With the penguins. The penguin movie? March of the Penguins? Oh, no, it was like a cartoon 90s thing. No. Hold on. I'll, I'll look up. You can well, uh, Apparently, Fury Road was supposed to come out like in the 80s or 90s, but they didn't have the technology for it. So then George Miller made Happy Feet to get the money to make Fury Road. <laughs> but like, if you look at his, like, he's done other shit. Like, I, I watched the commentary for, for Road Warrior, and he's like, this is the movie that people talk to me the most about. And it sounded like the commentary was rather old. Because he's like, yeah, kids that I don't even think they were born yet that love that movie. So I'm thinking it was done like the 2000s, like the early 2000s, maybe like, I don't know when commentary on movies first started like when the director would do it anyway um yeah i i i loved this movie and i love happy feet <laughs> happy feet uh, is I, is go watch it please i sent you the photo of it it was called the pebble and the penguin pebble and the penguin yeah i own this on like vhs oh i remember this yeah metro goldwyn meyer yeah, I remember this. I never saw this, but I remember this. Anyway, Kyle, uh, who's the guy who plays Wolverine? Hugh Hugh Grant? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman? Why do I think Hugh Grant? Hugh Jackman's like uh, Mumble, the main penguin's dad, and Robin Williams plays like three different penguins. I, like, there's scenes where they mix like Prince and, and a bunch of other musicians, and like Prince... Like, loved the movie so much or the idea of it that he made original music just for the movie. I feel like you'd really like Happy Feet. Like, seriously, <laughs> please watch Happy Feet. But it's so weird to, like, watch this movie about the end of the world and people killing each other over fuel. And then it's just, here's the fucking Happy Dance and Penguin movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so before we get into the spoil- the spoilings of this movie, what do you, is there anything you'd like to say about it? Uh... I mean, not really. No? I watched this no. movie. This is the first time I've ever seen any Mad Max, right? The right. opening to this movie is the opening to Fallout 1. <laughs> it, like, like so blatantly did they take inspiration from, from, the, opening of Mad, from the opening of Mad Max 2 for the opening of Fallout. Because it's like, in the time before, there were men who toiled over black cr- crude oil. Like, that's the first line of, like, one of the first lines of the opening to Fallout 1. Like, I kind of want to, like, play the opening of Fallout 1 just to, like, because I can hear Ron Perlman, like, and they fought and they fought, and then the war happened. I remember the road warrior. 
the man we called Max. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time, when the world was powered by the black fuel and the desert sprouted great cities of pipe and steel. Gone now, swept away. For reasons long forgotten, two mighty warrior tribes went to war and touched off a blaze which engulfed them all. War. War never changes. The Romans waged war to gather slaves and wealth. Spain built an empire from its lust for gold and territory. Hitler shaped a battered Germany into an economic superpower. But war never changes. In the 21st century, war was still waged over the resources that could be acquired. Only this time, the spoils of war were also its weapons. Petroleum and uranium. Doctor, like I can hear it. Like I was watching it and I, I actually watched this with a friend, Kyle, and I just like paused the movie and I went, this is, this is the opening to Fallout. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just the, like, there's so many little things in this that are so blatantly Fallout. Max's yeah. get up? Max's get up is, is just like leather armor from Fallout 1 and 2 and 3. Like, the dog looks just like dog meat, like more or less looks just like dog meat from 3. Like, mm-hmm. kind of, Fallout 1, Fall 2, they're, they're sprites, so it's harder to tell. But, like, this movie was incredible to go back and watch and be like, holy shit, everything I love is derivative of this. Yeah. And it's incredibly gay. This movie's the gayest thing I've ever seen. And I'm not using that as a derogatory term. I'm not using it as a pejorative, Kyle. It's aggressively homosexual. But it's like 80s gay, where like the, the main bad guy, the humongous, like he's wearing like a leather gimp suit and a mask. That's he's, super his gay face today. Is, uh, fully burnt. I don't know if you could tell. Yeah. But I'm saying like. He's he's ripped, right? And he's got pretty much yeah, just, yeah. just like a speedo on and like leather pieces across across him. That's like super gay today. Like you see that you're like, oh, this man is a homosexual. Like this dude enjoys penises. And you just watch that. And like in the 80s, I was saying to my friend, they're like, look how gay this is. Not in a bad way. They're they're a homosexual themselves who I watched it with. And and I'm like, no, I know, but like in the 80s, this ripped. Like, in the 80s, this dude drove a van, and on the side of the van is a dragon and a horse and a dude with a sword and, like, a like a half-dressed woman who's, like, wrapped around his leg as he's, like, about to charge into battle. Like, this dude fucks in the 80s. But it's so – like, Wes and uh, – Wes's boyfriend that gets uh, – uh, something happens to him, like, 20 minutes into the movie, his name in the credits is Gay Boy. This movie's aggressively gay. <laughs> I'm not, again, Kyle, this is not me saying it as a bad thing. It was an observation that I made. Other than that, I mean, not that I didn't like this, but like other than that, I all I have to say is that I really enjoyed this movie. It's only like an hour and a half long, and that hour and a half flies by. Absolutely yeah. flies by. You want to say anything unspoily? It doesn't. It really doesn't. The editing's not, the pacing is nice on it. Uh, there's uh, some things that I was surprised became such a big piece of culture that was taken out of these movies that I want to talk about in the spoiler section that I'm surprised 
how minuscule they were. And then like, it's the thing that you think of when you think of Mad Max. Right. Is there anything else you want to say that's non-spoily? You let me know. If not, we'll get right into the spoilers. Uh, I think we just get right in, right in, right in, right in, right in. Thank you to the Patreon. Moya, thank you. Danny, thank you. Marcus, thank you. Keepy, thank you. And finally, Mellow Millhouse, thank you. Because of your love and support, the show can continue to grow. So again, thank you. Cool, let's do it. What do you want to say first? Uh, <laughs> uh I'm not sure. Uh, what do we start with? Uh, oil well, I, and I'll fuel just say, resource. Let's start with that, you know, because that's a big thing cool. in post-apocalyptic scenarios. Yeah. What do you think led to the end? Do you think it was a nuke, or do you think it was just a war for the resources? I think it was a uh, resource war. I don't, because I don't think, like, I don't know, because, like, I played the game, and the game seemed I was going to ask you if you did. Like, apocalyptic, and, like, the world's destroyed, and this was an ocean, now it's just desert, but, like, mm-hmm. what, but it didn't seem like, like bombs went off apocalyptic and more like natural disaster maybe and like resources i i don't remember the the first one too much the first one i think was more like it just happening like there's still green stuff like that but like really if i recall yeah i need to see this first one I'm, i'm so again i'm so sorry i didn't realize i was watching this out of order i i the first one's all right i didn't I have to see it. Like, I just have to see it because that's who I am. Yeah. Like, it bothers me that this is the second one. Again, I thought it was Road Warrior, Mad Max, Mad Max Thunderdome, Fury Road. There's another one. Apparently, it's coming out next year called, like, Mad Max Possibly. The Wasteland or something. And then I'm there's one sure. in 2024 that's called Mad Max Furiosa, which isn't that the woman? Yeah. But uh, I, I, I like the whole idea of a resource war. I, I do enjoy a, a post-apocalyptic situation. That isn't just the nukes went off. Like as much as I right. like Fallout, I I appreciate when you can go at it from another angle because you're still scavenging, but you don't have to worry about like irradiated stuff. How'd you right. feel about the settlement, the town, the oil town people? I mean, the the characters. It just felt like it's like. Here we have the classic town that can't really defend itself against the evil guys that are going to murder everybody. And mm-hmm. there's just like, which one of these, all these characters are going to die. So I can't, why should I care about all of them? Except for the guy that flew really? the plane. The guy that flew the plane. I like the guy who flew the plane. Yeah, because then like, the gyro we got to the copper. end and then everybody dies except for Max and the little kid and the plane guy. Well, no, they all left in their own convoy. Yeah, but, like, they'll eventually probably die. Oh, I mean, dude, it's a wasteland. I mean, everybody dies eventually. Yeah, but it was just, like, it was those stupid deaths. Like, it's like, oh, no, there's guys on me. Let me light this Molotov cocktail, and about to throw it, they're going to have perfect game and destroy the Molotov yeah. cocktail. Or, like, yeah. let me walk across I, the back of the thing, not look at all the enemies which are going to shoot at me and just die from it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very much, like, of its time NPC in that sense syndrome. where... <laughs> yeah, yeah, scripted death. It's a, it's very much uh, scripted scripted before the dragon shows up at Helgen. 
Right. Yeah. I I I I liked a lot of it. I liked Papagallo, the guy who's like the leader of that town. Mm-hmm. Um, I I couldn't believe one of the things that I always thought. Maybe it's more in the first one than it is in this one. But Max will pull out the sawed-off shotgun on the gyrocopter guy and then, like, puts it in his face while they're driving. And then it turns out that Max never had ammo, like, whatsoever. And he was just yep. using it to show off to be, like, try something. Yep. And I knew that about it because I feel like that's one of those things that everybody just knows about about Mad Max, whether you've seen them or not. I didn't know that, it, like, that happens halfway through the movie that you just find out he didn't have it because that's such a yeah. big piece of – and Mad then Max, also his car blows up. I, yeah, I never even knew. Like, I had no clue that, like, that was such a th- – like, there's a random encounter in Fall 3 where a guy named Max just shows up and shoves a gun in your face. And if you have a high enough perception, I think it is, you could be like, there's no ammo in your gun, idiot. Yeah. And he's like, uh, what, uh, what, what, what? And then, like, runs off or tries to punch you or some shit. But, like, never did I ever know. Like, I, I had no clue. Dude, the car blows yeah. up. Yeah. I thought that car was in everything. I, I it is, but like it isn't. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, it's very much like I like the Raiders a lot in this. Like a lot, I like the Raiders in this because they feel very. Honestly, the Raider, the Raider Wes, uh, with the red hair and the the piercing blue eyes, reminds me of Nicole from Fallout One, who's a follower, just because of like her getup and she has that mohawk. When I watched the commentary for this, they said a lot of the extras were people that worked in that area because it was like a mining town. It, and Kyle, the town's called Broken Hill. Lost Hills is Fallout 1. Huh. <sighs> uh, <laughs> just like little shit like that that I noticed. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The mining town, they they grabbed extras from that town. They're like, hey, if you want to be in the movie, come in the movie. And they shaved their heads to have mohawks. And at first they were like really uh, embarrassed by having mohawks. And then eventually they were, like, proud to have it. Like, it was like, oh, they have mohawks. They're in that movie. And they would, like, get tough and, like, act like raiders outside of the movie. Like, in that little town. Like, they'd go to the pub and they'd be like, ha, 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 ho. Plus, I just thought that was plus, cool, like, too. with all these NPCs, too, like, they introduce them in the background. <laughs> and then you kind of see them later off getting killed, too. They're now just, like, like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, the guy who's banging his girlfriend in the tent. Like, then in the other scene, he freaking gets run over. Like, later on, like, you recognize him because he has friggin' blue hair and stuff like that. But, like... Yeah, and it, it's nice when they do little stuff like that, even though they don't give him a name, just because it's like, oh, this is a yeah. small community. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, the gyrocopter was, like, a first. Not, like, a first first, but it was super rare to see something like that in film. With Australia. That, like, it's not, like I said... No, I know, and that's the thing, is, like, my friend who I watched this with was brought up the Haze Code. Do you know anything about the Haze Code in film? No. It's pretty much, like, a thing that was used to demonize people in in film. So, like, it was like, you can only have a gay character if they were evil. And they were like, well, all the gay characters in this are the bad guys. And I was like, yeah, but also, this was filmed in Australia. What if they didn't have that there? Like, what if they just wrote this and they were like... Fuck it, these bros are dudes, and they like men. I don't know. I that's just that's just my thing because you brought up Australia. I think Australia really, really lends itself a, as a location because of how desolate it is to begin with. Like 
something like 90 or 80% of Australia is just inhabitable land because there's no access to water. People get extra gas tanks mounted onto their cars when they drive out to no man's land because if they run out of gas, they're stranded because there's no phone service out there. Mm-hmm. Australia is a weird place, man. <laughs> just a weird place. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? So this 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 chase that happens is 16 minutes long. That is kind of the climax of the film, Kyle. How do you feel about this chase? Because the only other chase that was longer at the time was 11 minutes. This is the one at the end, right? Yeah, this is the one at the very end. I mean, it was all right. I it just felt like it was like, oh, here's him hitting in the car for like a couple minutes. They're still driving, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, that person got killed. Okay, we're still driving. No, nothing's happening yet. Like, it, it mm-hmm. that's the thing with, like, old movies, too. It's like, you know, like. The pacing. Yeah, yeah like, oh, I got I'll give you that, I remember... all over me on, you know, the crippled guy. And he's just like, oh, oh, trying to pat oh, it out. He was crippled? I'm pretty sure he couldn't use his legs, right? Oh, I didn't realize he was crippled. I just saw... I just... mm, Okay, because he just starts, like, patting his legs. Yeah, He's like, don't worry, I'm fine. And he's, like, patting his... I'm like, what are you doing patting your fucking legs, brother? I I don't know. I didn't realize he was crippled. But, like, that woman who's there with them, I think her name in the credits is Warrior Woman. I was so afraid her and Max were going to hook up at the end of it, and I'm so happy they didn't. Well, she died, and then Crippled Man went to yes. go help her, and they just pulled them off and <laughs> easily pulled them off the tank, and they got run over. And the deaths in this are so brutal. Like, they get they get run over. The one motorcycle goes under the truck. The two guys that are on the Raider's car, their heads just hit the back of the tanker and explode. Mm-hmm. Like, how – so, all right, since we're talking about the tanker chase, did you see the ending coming? Uh – in a way, I guess. You saw that it was a decoy? I mean, did you think it was a decoy? Or did you think that they never no, I had, had no gas clue. in the first I, place? Well, I didn't think that they didn't have gas. I, I assume they had gas because Max fills his car up. And then it gets blowed up. So, to me, I just thought, okay, they have gas. I didn't think, oh, they're going to go at... Because he even says it. He's like, they're going to go after the tanker. And I never put two and two together. He goes, they're going to go after the tanker. And they ask if the gyro the gyro man could fit two people on there, right? Right. So he crashes and the whole thing tips over and then there's just sand in it. And then I think they, they just wanted the gyro man to bring Max back. Because Papagello, the leader, says to the, to the feral child, he goes, we've already won. Get on. Like, he was just going to turn around and call it a day, and the gyro man, I assumed, was going to follow Max, and then they were just going to pick up and meet there. I told Kyle out of nowhere. I saw it like I was so happy that, that it was a genuine twist that I didn't see coming. And then right. I was like, I, when it tipped over, I was like, all of the cars that left in that convoy have gasoline on them. That's genius. Never would I have ever thought of that. I really right. liked it. I did like this movie a lot. I don't know when I'm going to watch it again. I did watch it once, and then I watched it again with the commentary. I was upset that Blu-ray doesn't have a ton of special features on it, to be completely honest mm-hmm. with you. 
I was hoping for maybe like costume design. If they had a costume design thing, I think I would have been like, I probably would have given this movie a higher rating because I appreciate that shit. And if I'm not really one for cosplay, but if I'm going to cosplay anything, I think it'd be super fun to cosplay a couple of Raiders with your friends. <laughs> Just like be in the middle of some dusty, dank place and be like, yeah, Raiders. Yeah, foot like you just wear football padding and you paint it black and you wear like just like that shit seems so so fun and it's just exactly I, I think this movie I would credit this movie as being what I kind of picture Raiders to look like if, if they're the first to do it because I picture Raiders to look like this like a boy and his dog does a lot of stuff that I'm like, OK, this is where the idea of that comes from. Boy and his dog fucking created vaults as far as I'm concerned like this is the earliest I know of Raiders wearing old football gear and leather and just being like, ah, we're crazy. And like, <laughs> I love it. I just do. I just, I love like the hierarchy of humongous people. Also, his name is the humongous. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, like that's a Raider name. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, Raider it's name. like, like nail or some dumb shit. This is crank and Corgus. Yeah. Like, I just, I love Raider names. I love the dumbing down of society, how it's just fueled by, we need to drink and do drugs and eat and have sex and drink water. And then I'm good. Those are my five things. I love the idea of it. And if this is where, like, that is popularized, other than, like, A Boy and His Dog, which I think came out a little bit before this, but still. Anything you want to say, Pop? Uh, I didn't realize this review would be so uh, short. Uh, was there any part that you kind of, like, didn't like? Or, like, it was just, like... Like, come on already, like, get to it. I feel like you have one. Yeah, it was the rape stuff. Because you're asking. The uh, Really? Yeah. I, I, I can't do any that stuff anymore. It's just... Ugh. Anymore? Especially, like, post-apocalypse. No, not, like... like <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm messing it's with you. It's just, like, getting older and stuff like that, that just, it's just a little bit too disturbing. Especially, like, in post-apocalyptic really? stuff where it's, like... The dude's helpless there, and he's just getting murdered, and that's happening, and then they kill her, and it's just like, uh, nah. See, I always, I always like when they, I don't, I don't want to say that I like when they show it, but like, it's something that I know would happen. Yeah. So I'm not like, oh yeah, it's happening. Like he's the woman's being assaulted. Like I'm not happy about that, but I'm, I'm like, okay. We've acknowledged that that exists in here, and I think it's silly for you to not realize it. I think Book of Eli does it the best because there's a scene where Mila Kunis goes to, like, she's on her back and she's being cornered. And the one guy goes to take his belt off, and then Eli shoots him through the penis with an arrow. <laughs> like, that, I think, is the best way to do it because it's so implied. Like, in this, you see it. Yeah. Like, you see the guy on top of her, and it's I, – I, I, can, I can agree with you on that one. I don't really feel like there was a part where I was like, get on with it, because I feel like it's paced really well. I think the, the like you said earlier, the chase at the end is paced a little slow, but I just think that's based on the technology that they had back then. Yeah. How, uh, how about even the dog like food it, stuff? I know you're a big fan of <laughs> eating dog food in the waste. Ooh, I, I made it. I've made it a, not a mission, but like a character building point with every character I've ever played in Fallout that I am, I will not eat dog food. I can't watch that, dude. I can't. My friend who I watched it with couldn't watch when Wes pulls the arrow out of his arm. That I could watch. That didn't bother me. I can't watch him eat dog food out of the can. 
that bothers me. It's I. Do you remember the one That's time crazy. we were at Olive's house and they got the food ready for the dog and they put the empty metal can of dog food on top of the pizza box and I was like, I, I'm I not don't. eating that pizza anymore. It was a full pizza. I remember I was like, there, there was a bunch of us there. It might have been her sister. I don't remember, but I remember they put we there was the pizza there, and next under the drawer there was like drawers under the countertop, and it's where they kept the dog food. And they someone opened up the be it Oliver or her sister opened up the dog food, put it in the dish for the dogs, and then put the empty can on top of the pizza. And I went, I'm not eating that pizza. That's how grossed out I am by wet animal food. Interesting. I, the smell of it. I I'm it's so viscerally repulsive to me that I can't like I I won't even make my fictional characters eat it because <laughs> I can't as like I'd eat spam before I eat that and I hate the idea of spam. I don't like the look of it, the smell of it. Like I, I just can't deal with it, right? I just I can't do anything with it. I didn't know it, it was deeply into you this dog food theory. <clears throat> no, it's it's how you feel about that woman in that scene where you're like, oh my god, get it over with. I'm like, just stop eating the food, Max. Stop eating the dog like, food. Like, I can't, I, it's, it's, there's some, I don't know what it is. I don't have many, th- like, I, I watched two girls, one cut back in the day. I'm a veteran of the internet. I get my, <laughs> my ARP discount. You know what I mean? Like, right. two girls, one cup didn't make me throw up. Yes, it's fake. I think everybody knew it was fake. Everyone kind of wanted to believe that it wasn't, but we all knew it was. But, like, that didn't make me sick. I could watch that and eat ice cream, no problem. I can't watch him eat. And, like, during the commentary, they said it was, like, uh, spaghetti and meatballs that they had, like, mashed up to give it that texture. And then they just put it in the can. And I knew that, and I still couldn't watch it. <laughs> like, uh, I can't. Like, I just – that's the one time, like, I can't suspend my disbelief. I can watch someone be assaulted and I can suspend my disbelief and go, this is a movie. You know, this is thematic, whatever. Cannot watch somebody enjoy dog food. Huh. It's, I don't know what it is, Kyle. I think it's because I just like food so much. Like I just like cooking and eating and shit <laughs> that I'm just like, you, you, you could have done anything. There's how many rabbits in this movie, which I thought was surprising. You couldn't kill a rabbit, Max? Like, like Wes just shoot. Sorry, I didn't mean to tangent on this dog food. <laughs> no, no. Why do you think this is something that I genuinely wanted to ask you because I wanted your genuine opinion on? Why do you think that the weapon of choice is air, arrows or crossbows in this? Oh, I was thinking of that too. It's like a lot of people have freaking arrows and crossbows. Where did they get them from? Yeah. Why do you? Because I asked my friend why they <sighs> think it, it was the weapon of choice. Why do you think it's the weapon of choice? I mean, I'm probably going get this wrong though but like no no, no there's no, no I mean, right like, or wrong answer location wise but like maybe because of the australian outback you know hunting and like i know that's not a thing but like you know like i don't know something with that that was more or less my guess as well was that it's probably in australia i don't know what the gun laws in australia are but it's probably easier to get a bow than it is a gun like Maybe, one time yeah, in the Discord, true. I asked some of the British homies, I was like, what do you guys think about, like, you just see these, like, like fallout where you just walk around a city with a gun. Like, you, you could, you, that, that doesn't exist in London. Like, people don't own, the police have guns and farmers have shotguns, and that's really it from what they told me. Like, if you go hunting, you have a gun, but if you use that gun to kill somebody, even in self-defense, this is what some of the British homies told me in Discord, like, you go to jail forever. 
Like, even if it's in self-defense, like, you go to prison forever. So I thought it was just be- for two reasons. Well, two reasons. One of them my friend gave me. The first reason was, I don't know what the gun laws are in Australia. And it's probably harder to get a gun in Australia than it is to get a gun in America where you turn 15 and get one. Where in Australia, there could be super restrict restrictive laws. I don't know. Also, arrows are reusable. Yeah. You shoot a shot, that shot's shot. But like you have an arrow, bang. Oh, I can go yeah. uh, I can go pick it up. That was that was my that was what my friend said and it made a lot of sense. And I was thinking more like realism and they were thinking more like, nah, utility. <laughs> Joey's think arrows are, are the weapon to have. Like a bow and an arrow. Like remember how cool Daryl Dixon was, homie? I know, and no one else had bows or arrows in that show. No one else yeah, no one else had one. That was just for you know, they just ended that show. I know. After 946 seasons, three movies, and two PSAs. That ended and then Ash won the championship in Pokemon. Yeah. Did he? Good for him. He's only been doing it for 25 years. Wow. Anything else you want to say about this movie before we get to the trivia, Papa? Uh, You so you like this movie? You said? I do. Did, did you? I did. I did. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy uh, Fury Road. Fury Road is, is way more fast paced from oh, yeah. everything I've seen. High octane. That's the word you're looking for. I want to go. Cool. I want to go back to the place where I bought this because I bought. I sent you the, the picture on. Um, what's it called? On Messenger. I sent you that I bought this Django and Hateful mm-hmm. Eight. I got to watch Hateful Eight again, but I want to wait for it to get real cold. Right. You know what I mean? I want to get the lights real dim, wait for it to be real late at night, like open the wind, like kind of do what I did with the thing, but like put a jacket on, like have some tea, you know what I mean? Like really, really go all out for Hateful Eight. But I want to go back and get Thunderdome. I have a feeling I'm not going to like Thunderdome. I have a feeling Thunderdome is going to be that 80s cheese. I I haven't seen it, but I remember buying it because... I think at the time somebody compared it to the one DLC for Borderlands where we were actually in Moxie's dome challenging thing. Really? It's like, I think somebody compared it to that. So it's like, I like that. So I'm going to, you know, that's, I never watched it though, huh. but like, yeah. Well, I want to watch the first one too. Tina and I Turner obviously want to watch Free Road. Is the like, Tina Turn? Keenan and Kel? No, the musician. Who loves Orange Soda, Kyle? Yeah, I believe... Tina Turner was the villain? Oh, Tina Turner. I'm hearing Keenan. <laughs> yeah, she was like the main, I think, antagonist. What a weird choice. I don't know. Everything I've seen about Thunderdome just seemed like it was that 80s cheese I don't like. Like, I feel like the 80s is an era that has, like, it's 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 few movies ever here, here and again, but then it's just like, wah. Like, wah. What you know what I'm saying? You know what that noise? Yeah, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. I did enjoy it. I, like I said, it's the groundwork for so much other post-apocalyptic fiction. So I don't really have anything bad right. to say about it. It's it's a it's a very. Who's your favorite character? Before we get yeah, in the trivia, definitely the plane dude. Yeah, gyro captain. Yeah. Him or I did like. Um, I don't know if he had a name. I think his name was the Curmudgeon. 
the old man who wears the suit jacket and like his war pendants on his chest. Right. Yeah. 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 I just like an old man. I like an old man who is fucking loud. I just like that. <laughs> so let's get let's get into some trivia, Papa. You ready? Yeah. So uh, I'm getting all of my lore, all of my trivia off of IMDb, the International Movie Database. Just for Mad Max, I'm just going to read some trivia for you. Mel Gibson has only 16 lines of dialogue in the entire film, and two of them are, I only came for the gasoline. The dog used in the film named simply Dog, which kind of bothered me. I was hoping it was like something. Like I knew it wasn't going to be dog meat, because that's from A Boy and His Dog, but still. Uh, the dog, simply named Dog, was obtained from a local pound and trained to pre- perform in film. Because the sound of the engines upset him, and in one instance caused him to relieve himself in the car, he was fitted with special earplugs. After filming was complete, he was adopted by one of the camera operators. Kyle, I think it's pretty well known, especially from you, that I'm not a fan of animals. I like cats, but I don't really like dogs. This is the kind of dog I'd want, and I'd name him probably Dog Meat or Blood. Okay. Because of Boy and His Dog, but like I'd be at the dog park like, come on, dog meat! And everyone would be like, why are you calling your dog that? According to the trivia book Movie Mavericks by John Sandus, one of the more spectacular stunts in the film was actually a serious accident. One of the motorcycle riding raiders hits a car, flies off the bike, smashes his leg against the car, and cartwheels through the air towards the camera. This was real and a genuine accident. The stuntman was supposed to just fly over the car without hitting it. But the nearly fatal incident looked so dramatic that it was kept in the movie. The stuntman broke his leg badly, but survived. If you look at the stuntman's body frame by frame through the cartwheel, you can see that his leg is bending at a slightly unnatural angle towards the knee. Oof. The tanker roll stunt at the end of the chase was deemed so dangerous that the stunt driver was not allowed to eat food 12 hours before they shot in the likely event that he would be rushed into surgery. Humongous was originally supposed to be Max's partner, Jim Goose. The production decided against this, but left a few hints, such as horrible burns behind Humongous's goalie mask, his raiders' use of police vehicles, and his own use of similar weapons to the MFP standard sidearm. Now, I wanted to ask you this before, and I forgot, but does is it ever established what Max did before? Yeah, he was a cop. He was? Yeah. Okay. That's the first movie. Well, Kyle, I honestly I know, I know. gotta see the first movie. After Mad Max, the first one, the actual first one, not the one that I thought was the first one from <laughs> 1979, was finished. And before that film's release, all of the cars were supposed to be destroyed, including the Black Interceptor. But someone thought the Interceptor was too good to lose, so they saved it from the Crusher. When the sequel was in its planning stage, someone found out the Interceptor had somehow survived, so they tracked it down and they bought it back. This is Mel Gibson's favorite Mad Max. What's funny is I was watching it, Kyle, and I was like, isn't it crazy that Mad Max, like, Mel Gibson did this and then became the second biggest anti-Semite in Hollywood? Yeah, it's crazy. Unusual for an action film, this was actually shot in sequential order. One of the factors which led to using the location was the prediction of rainfall charts. That there would be a virtually no rainfall during the shoot, but it did end up raining during the shoot. And for the first time in over four years, production was shut down for over a week. James Cameron cites this as one of his influence, one of the biggest influences behind the Terminator. And in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, John Connor's dog, his name is Max. Did you know that? That... Uh, James Cameron, like, stole that from Harlan Ellison. Hmm. 
I did not. There's something that like Ellison wrote something about it and then went to James Cameron went to Ellison was like, I want to adapt this. He's like, ah, nah, I don't really feel like we need to or something like that happened. And then it came out that the Terminator came out and Ellison was like, this is my work. You did my work without me saying so. So now I don't know if it's Judgment Day or if it's the first Terminator. Everyone says like based on the works of Harlan Ellison, like huh. legally he had to do that. Renamed the Road Warrior for North American audiences because at the time the original Mad Max from 79 had only been released on a limited bias. So Mad Max 2 could have confused viewers. Why see the second one if you never saw the first? See what I'm saying, Kyle? <laughs> Although it may seem like it was incredibly hot, this is I'm reading off the thing, but I'm also taking from the 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 commentary. They film this in winter, and Australian winter is different <laughs> from our winter, where it looks like Australia, but it's colder. And even though uh, it seems like it's hot, it was actually incredibly cold. And there, they said that Mel Gibson would wear blankets around him, and his teeth would chatter. And then they would tell him, "All right, your time to shine." And he would throw the blankets off and make his teeth stop chattering, do the scene, and then go right back to being cold. Interesting. Because he was relatively unknown in the U.S., the trailers did not feature Mel Gibson, but instead focused on the chase and action scenes. The costume department assembled the costumes by raiding junk shops, secondhand stores, sporting outlets... And S&M shops. Oh, like sex. The film convinced Spielberg that George Miller would be a great choice to direct Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. The fourth and arguably best, I don't know why that's put in here. This isn't a, that's not a fact story in the Twilight Zone movie, Twilight Zone movie from 1983. The budget of the film was approximately 10 times larger than the one for its predecessor, but I can't find how much the movie costs. In one scene, Max eats Dinky D dog food. Dinky D is Australian slang for genuine or real. The Australians have great, just absolutely great slang. Huma this is the last one I'm going to read. Maybe. Uh, Humongous's pistol case contains an ornamental skull and crossbones. It appears to be a totenkoffen or death head design, an infamous emblem of the Nazi SS, which I thought was interesting to think of like, you know, he is this raider boss. He's the leader of the, they call him the great humongous. And this is in 70 something. He could have been a Nazi. I just thought that was an interesting thing to think of. Like, he was a Nazi, and now he's leading a group of people that are raping and skinning and pillaging. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool stuff about this movie that was uh, – it's all practical effects. There's, like, no special effects whatsoever. I mean, that's a special effect, but, like, when Max collides into the humongous, you see that car just explode. Yep. And that's just a beautiful scene. Seeing those heads explode, too. I just want to find the – I knew it. I knew it. The budget is an estimated three million. I said it was probably about three million. I couldn't see it going any higher than five. Its opening weekend domestically made two point five million, and gross domestic it made twenty three point six million. Worldwide, it made about twenty three point six million. I enjoyed this movie very much, Kyle. I hope you did as well. Yeah. What, my good man, would you rate this flick? Uh, I think I'd give it, like, 7 out of 10. Yeah? yeah. Why so? It's just some things I didn't like and pacing at certain parts. I'd give this movie 8.1 child with a chrome boomerang <laughs> out of 10. I did like the chrome boomerang. We didn't even talk about the kid. Yeah. I mean... You want to talk about the kid quick? Or? Wow, child. Child. 
the feral narrator. I did like from a storytelling aspect that the people in the community were light colors to represent them being good and the raiders were black to represent them being bad. And then the kid was kind of like a mixture of the two being like a brown and that he was a representation of the new world. Yeah. I really liked where he's just like, you can still have your humanity and be a raider and be like this person who has to think about survival more than anything. But other than that, Papa, I really think that's it. Unless you have any last minute things to say. No, I think that's it. Cool. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the review. If you've seen the movie yourself, I hope you've enjoyed the movie. Uh, You can follow... You can follow with the links below. There's to my Twitter, the show's Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the Redbubble, the Discord. The Patreon is down there. Thank you again to the Patreon. I love you very much. The intro music is down there. I do not remember if the shows use, if the movie reviews use a Shane Ivers song or if I use like some old shit from the 40s. If it's Shane Ivers, link to his stuff down there. It's probably a link down there anyway, regardless, because I've been rocking with Shane Ivers for over 230 episodes at this point, I'm pretty sure. I love you very much. I hope to see you next week. We have something in store for you next week as well. I love you very much. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, Kyle. Bye, Kyle. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.